0: February 1st, 2022, we're in Massechet Sanhedrin and Dafmim Teta Mudbet, eight lines from the bottom, the first word on the line. Very briefly, because the Gemara is finishing the conversation that we began and continued yesterday, and just a few more lines to that conversation. If you recall, the Gemara began with the statement that Kol Makom, in every circumstance where the Hakamim have a list of uh, specific matters, whether it's a process of matters or the Mitot Betin, for example, in our Mishnah and so forth. Generally speaking, kol the hachamim don't have a specific and particular order in mind. They're just stating these are all the ingredients, these are all the facets of whatever they're talking about. Except for, and that's what the Gemara debated and discussed, there's specific circumstances where it's absolute. The statement of the rabbis is it must be in this order. And if it's outside of this order, lo, lo kilum, you have to do it over. You haven't been effective with your activities with what you were supposed to do. And the Gemara questioned itself very briefly at the conclusion of this whole discussion and said, so what was that coming to exclude? It's a fascinating statement, but more than anything, our discussion throughout the Gemara was, there are other situations where the rabbis were particular, that it's got to be in this order, or that the severity is specific in terms of the way they listed it. So the Gemara, if you recall, had one statement of le'afukeh. The first statement of the Gemara, which we finished with yesterday was, le'afukeh, this was coming to exclude a circumstance which you may have understood wrongfully, by Halitza, in the circumstance where a person, instead of doing Yibum, that levered marriage to his sister-in-law, determines and decides to do Halitza, the Torah and the Mishnah, the beginning of Perik Misvat, Halitza, seems to be specific in terms of the order, for she speaks, then he speaks, then she does, and then she does again, and then he speaks. If that was switched up, said the Gemara, first quoting from Rabbi Huda, it's still effective, it still works. The Gemara has a last and final concluding statement on this, Le'afuke, that's what we're Don't starting nobody argued on that But Yehuda's statement like actually, right it seems as if argument it argument needs to be specifically the in yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the point is, says the Gemara. Uh, said Rabbi Yehuda. Said the Gemara in turn by us. It just has to be done. The order is not now. Again, it's misvat Halita. Ideally, you're doing it in the order the way that the Torah prescribes it, the way that the Chachamim mention it. But the order is not significant per se, in as much as it would even be Avad. Lastly, says the Gemara. Ula afukeh mehaditinan. again. The word nafka, nafik in in Aramaic, nun pe is a reference to something that comes out So this is coming to exclude meha from this ditnan, as it says in the Mishnah. So we're about to read something in the Mishnah, which if you read it in its most literal sense, you'd say the order is absolute, the order is particular. If you did it differently, it was not right, and you'd need to repeat it. And we're now understanding It's not so, generally speaking, the rabbis don't speak like that. Kohen gadol bishmona kelim It's somewhat uh, relevant to our parasha. It's a little bit more Parashat saved than Parashat Teruma, But nonetheless, the same it is that the Kohen Gadol would have eight garments, which he would wear as he was involved in the Avodah and the Mishkan. And the Kohen Hedyot, um, every Kohen other than the Kohen Gadol, would have four. What were these uh, bigadim? We'll start with the bigadim of the kohen hedyot. Biktonet, that's the tunic, and it's wide, if I'm not mistaken, it would cover the entirety of the body of every kohen. That was the ketonet. B'michnasayim, trousers, pants. Bimisnefet, that's the turban, which would be worn on the head of both the kohen hedyot and the kohen gadol. Ve'avnet is the the band that surrounded the belt of sorts. Now, again, if we're to read those in the specific order that they're mentioned over, here, which in fact is similar if not identical to the order that's mentioned in the Torah, you'd imagine that's the way that the Kohen would need to get dressed. He would need to start with his ketonet, first with the tunic, and only then would he put on the pants underneath. All right, just keep that in mind. Mosifa alehem kohen gadol, you should know the kohen gadol had four extra garments. What were they? Hoshin, the breastplate, which we know about. Ephod, which was some sort of garment which would hold the hoshin in it. It had some stones in it as well. It had a way of locking with the hoshin. Me'il, meil was, the kohen gadol would wear this. It was, it was made of techelet. Uh, uh, it had the color, that blue coloring, as opposed to the white coloring, which was the ketonet. The meil was a robe which was worn on top. Not a robe as you'd probably imagine it, but the way it looks in the pictures, it was a sleeveless robe which went on top of the ketonet. Vesits, of course, is what was worn on the head of the Kohen Gadol. Kodesh laHashem. the Gemara, the Torah. And the Gemara explains exactly how that would be structured, what it looked like. But that being the case for our purposes, here is the listing of all eight garments for Kohen Gadol, four for Kohen Hedyot, and we'd imagine if we were reading this without the introduction of the Gemara yesterday as being particular and specific, it needs to be put on in this order. Vitanya, you should know, the Beraita teaches us alternatively, Minayin shelo yehe davar kodem How do we know what's the source which proves or hints to us that the mikhnasayim, the pants, are what precede all in getting dressed? (laughs) Shene emanu mikhnesay yihyu al besaro. The Pasuk and the way Rashi in our Gemara understands this, has an extra word or two, al-bisaro, on his flesh. The Pasuk describes the clothing of the Kohen, the clothing of Kohen Gadol. so he would wear this and he'd wear that and he'd put this on and so forth. When it comes to the pants it says, bad al they would be on his flesh. Those extra words of on his flesh, on his body, seem to hint to us, explains Rashi, that that's what first touches his flesh. The first thing that touches his body as he gets dressed in the morning is his pants. Well, wait a second, the listing A in the Torah, which we'll read about in just a moment, but B, and for our purposes, more significantly, ironically, in the Mishnah that we just read, uh, states explicitly that first comes ketonet, not Clearly, the rabbis were not as specific. Now, there is a debate, it's an interesting debate, uh, amongst the later authorities, the Aharonim, debating what the Rishonim meant on this. Well, what if you did flip it? Now, this is clear that it's supposed to be in the order that the Mikhnasayim come first. What if the Mikhnasayim came second or third? Is the Avoda, therefore, Pesula? Was the worship in the Mishkan, therefore, Pesula? Hard to make that argument. If I'm not mistaken, Haram Bam writes explicitly, it's not so, but for our purposes, this is to state to you unequivocally and clearly that when they mention, I'm talking about the rabbis, the hachamim, they mention an order. Don't go too far in that order unless they almost explicitly, or we know, tell us that it's got to be in that order. Uh, just parenthetically, there is, uh, in, in many halakha books, the, the minhag, the long-standing, long-time minhag, certainly amongst Ashkenazim, but uh, you find it in some Sephardic works as well, is that as a person gets dressed in the morning, the minhag, the minhag is to wear, is to put on your your, your top part of your body first, your undershirt and your shirt first, as opposed to mikhnasah, which is an interesting thing, because if the one reference that we have in the Torah to getting dressed by the Kohen, albeit by the Kohen, is to put on, the pants first. Wouldn't you imagine it would be differently? Maybe yes, maybe no. But anyway, that being the case, says the Gemara, that's what we have over here. So, but that all being the case, there's got to be a reason. You can tell me and I'll accept it. You know, the order, that's what the Gemara tells me, the order is insignificant. But was it so hard? Start the order with me and then mention ketonet. that's the way it's supposed to be, so just do it that way. It says the Gemara, Vitana, and the author of the Mishnah, which we had just a few moments ago, uh, the, the Mishnah of Kohen Gadol and so forth, Mai ta'ama, what's the reason? Akdeme liketonet. Why is it that he was maktim? Why is it that he mentioned first the ketonet, the tunic, and only afterwards the pants of the Kohen? Mishum answers the Gemara, well, it's quite simple. Mishum da akdeme kera. That's not hard. It's because open to the Pisukim. The Pisukim first mentioned the ketonet, ketonet Bad Kodesh, and so forth. So the Pisukim described first, ketonet Bad Kodesh, Yilbash, and only then does it say, That's why the Mishnah mentions in that order as well. But wait a second. If you're telling me that the pants are supposed to go on first, so I get it. You're following the pasuk in the Torah. Why the pasuk in the Torah? So instead of this being a commentary on the Mishnah, let's make this a commentary on the Torah. Why mention first ketonet if your understanding, your teaching is that the Mishnasayim come first? Says the Gemara Ukerah and the pasuk when we refer to pesukim, refer them as mikra. Mikra pesukim in the Torah were traditionally and until today meant to be read more than anything. Whereas Mishnah leshanot is to repeat, is to understand. Uh, pesukim were uh, in. Of themselves, significant just by breeding That mukra Why is the pasuk preceding ketone to michnasayim? If mikhnasayim come first, answers the gemara mishum kula the gemara because covering the entirety of the body, as I described to you, the tunic, the ketone did. That's adifa That's what the gemara. That's what the Torah chose. That's what God chose to list first. Uh, just to state it in the most simple sense, when you look at a person and you see them dressed in something that covers the whole body, that's what you mention first. You say that's what they're dressed in. Are you determining? Are you describing in the pishuqim how they're getting dressed? First, that's not the way you're describing. You say what did the kohen wear? So you look at him, and the first thing that catches your eye is the fact that he's covered in this white garment. That's what the Torah mentions first. Is that therefore telling you it was put on first? No, that's what you told me right afterwards. Yehu al bisaro that the way that they would get dressed was in a different order with mechnasayim coming first, fundamentally and most importantly for us, the reason the gemara mentioned this for our context was to tell us that not only was there one case, but at the very least there are two cases where the hachamim have a listing of specific matters and they're not particular in terms of their order, to the extent that the mechnasayim either by full force needed to be first, or ideally were supposed to be first, and nonetheless, the rabbis mentioned ketonet first. That's what we have over here. Moving on in the gemara, the Gemara now has much technical conversation, but brings us back to our Mishnah. If you recall the Mishnah had a listing of between Rabbi Shimon and Chachamim about the severity of the Arba' mitot betin sekidas Serifah, herig, and then Henik was the opinion of the Chachamim. So we're going to deal with first. And Rabbi tried to touch on this yesterday. I said you have a lot of Gemara within which you could discuss and debate these matters. Now the Gemara will delve into that. Can we? Should we? Will we determine in some way or fashion from the Pesukim in the Torah, by which punishment is given to whom, under what circumstances, which one is more severe than the other. Very hard to do. Understand, we have many, of severe, many severe actions. The Mishnah and warns us, Bishokel mitzvah kala averot as well. We don't want to scale one against the other. We want to say that you're not supposed to do any. You're supposed to do all the mitzvot. And that being the case, to determine which one of the mitot bedin is more severe than the other is no easy task, as the Gemara Sekila Hammurami Serefa, let's start with the first two, Sikhilah, and only then Serefa means that Sikhilah, the stoning punishment, was the more severe one. Again, I remind you, it's an interesting, almost theoretical conversation. There will be only two circumstances where this will matter. Number one, it will matter in a situation that Rashi told us. If a person is liable to two death penalties, you're only going to give them one. You give them the more severe one. That's what this conversation is ultimately about. Number two, as I told you, Meiri points out, it says if the two people who are both liable to death penalty get mixed up, and one has a more severe and the other one is less severe, both of them will get the less severe because it's a makom safeq, but we need to know which one's the less severe punishment in such a circumstance. Fundamentally, though, and we won't touch on this right now, when the Gemara does this, it brings you back to the purpose of Gemara in general, at least in my mind. I've mentioned to you more than once. It's a book by Chaim Seyman. He's a, a professor of law, but it's an orthodox Jew and a, a tremendous Talmud Hakam It's called... Um, It's called halakha, the rabbinic idea of law. And uh, what he discusses and develops in that book is that generally speaking, although hard to do in every circumstance, when the hachamim even talk about halakha through the context of gemara, back and forth with the sivarot, they're more than anything teaching you how to think and how to understand life. They didn't speak in words that we know today in philosophical terminology. They maybe weren't even fully well-versed in it. But when they speak to you about how you should invest vision life, how you should understand what you're doing, how what God's plan in this universe for us is. They do it through the framework of halacha. That means to say, although it'll appear sometimes theoretical, although sometimes it will be theoretical, but if you delve hard, well enough, if you apply it in the appropriate circumstances, you understand yourself. you understand the nature of what they're speaking about, what God's speaking about, and so forth. Anyway, it says the Gemara "Sekila hamura mesirefa nitena nittena ule." Says the Gemara. I'll tell you how I know sikila is the most severe because when it comes down to it, two of perhaps the most severe activities and actions a person, a, a, a member of Am Yisrael, could do. First one being Megadef. Megadef is the pesukim at the end of Parashat Emor. We talked a lot about them in the last parikh. It's a person who's. We use these words, a person who curses God, we have a specific circumstance with God where Moshe didn't know what to do and they leave the person and the Mishma. We talked a lot about this in the last pedic In that circumstance, in the Parashat Emoah, all of Am Yisrael take this individual out and they stone him. He cursed God. And what was his punishment? Stoning. Secondly, Dazara, the halakha. <laughs> The Torah in, in Sefer Devarim, Perik Yodzain tells us that as well gets Sikilah. Could you find more severe actions than cursing God and abandoning his worship to worship another uh, than anything else that we have as a member of Ami social Ami so-t. And what's their punishment? Sikilah, says the Gemara. Okay, but wait a second. Can we articulate this properly? What's their homer of the activities? My humra what is the severity of the wrongdoing of these individuals? Says the Gemara, she can't they're a person who curses God, who's Megadev, a person who's he's outstretching his arm to uh to remove the ikar, the principles. That's what we call kofir baikar. That's an individual who's Uprooting the very fundamentals of what we're all about. It's not making a mistake, a nuanced uh, wrongdoer. This is, this, is, this is kofir ba'ikar. Uh, so the words of Rabbeinu Hananel are that these are ma'ale al kulan, these are the, uh, the, the sorts of activities and wrongful deeds that a person will do that you'll look and you'll say objectively, they can't get worse than this. And what's their punishment? Sekila, open and shut. If that's the punishment of these two sins, of course it's more hamur than serifa, certainly than hainek and hainek and so forth. Says the Gemara, okay, again, three lines from the bottom. Says the Gemara, well, my Humra, I get it, but how do you know that those are the most severe? Ask questions, the Gemara, but I find other situations which are also quite severe. Can you really make the claim that Megadif and Oved, are the most severe? Adderabah. means the opposite might be true. Hamura, I can argue that Sirifah, burning, which is second in the list of the hachamim, is the more severe, lebat kohen So here I bring you back to the pesukim at the beginning of Parashat Emor, which we discussed and debated briefly in the last Perik as well. So here's what the pesukim say. The pesukim say, if you have ubat kohen ki liznot, if a bat kohen begins to be mezana, if she's promiscuous in her sexual activity, et aviyah mehalelet, she's mehalelet, she's losing the sanctity of her father, by tisaref, she gets burnt. Well, wait a second. What is the halacha generally speaking of? An arusa, of a woman who's engaged, who is wrongful in her sexual activity. The Torah is explicit about that in Sefer Devarim. She gets sekilah. Wait a second, let me understand this properly. You're telling me about Cohen. I know, we generally, we think about the Kohanim males. We think about the males who are But over here, the Torah is telling you, a woman, who's a part of the Kohen clan, she seems to be treated on a higher level in terms of the severity of her punishment than a Yisrael woman. A Yisrael woman who's an Arusa, who's engaged, she hasn't yet been married, we've discussed what that means, halachically in the Torah, she gets Sikila Now the bat Kohen, maybe it... Avi- maybe what? Maybe not? Kohen woman also would get you're too far ahead of me, Nathan. Right now, I'm on Arusat, the simple reading of the Torah. As a matter of fact, we had this discussion very briefly without you know, revealing too much as to what took place a month or so ago. I mentioned <clears throat> matter of factly, shouldn't have done it that way, it should have been a little bit more explicit, that when we talk about a bat kohen shezinta, that we're talking about a nisuah, we're talking about a, mar- a married woman. Jeffrey Gindy said, uh, so not so fast. I said, but why is she a Kohenet then? If she's married to Israel. why are we still calling her a Bat Kohen if she's already married? Okay, so I said, we're going to see it in the Gemara later on. we we'll talked talk about the Pesukim and so forth. But the simple interpretation of the text is that we're dealing with an engaged, ma- uh, engaged Bat Kohen. She's getting serifa. It sounds like she's done something terrible to her family, to her father's household. She's profaned the name. She's taken away from the sanctity. So we're therefore going to treat her with Serefa, as opposed to her Israel counterpart who did the same wrongful deed and got Sikilah, It seems to lead me in the opposite direction of where you began. You told me Sekilah is more Hamur from Serefa. As has the Gemara Adaraba, the opposite seems to be true. It seems to be apparent. Serefa Hamura, sheken kohen shezinta. Wait a second. Can you explain to me the severity of the activity? In other words, every time we talk about a uh, an a, uh, a, 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 a empirical evidence evidence of sorts, we want to then understand this. So what is the homer? What is the wrongful doing of the bat kohen? We said just a moment ago, kofer ba'ikar, when we talked about it, poshet yad ba'ikar. What's the bat kohen? Sheken mehalelet tetavia? how do you like that? The wrongful activity, the severity is that she profaned her father. That's an amazing fact. Now the Gemara will cite, you know, somewhat matter-of-factly without getting into it. Later on, in, on Dafnun, I don't know if we'll address it today. It'll quote the Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin and Daflamid. The Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin and Daf makes a uh, makes a derasha. The Gemara over there has that the pasuk on the one hand says in our Torah in Parashat Itro, Kabet et Avicha VeEtim And The pasuk says in Mishle, Kabet Et Adonai Mehonecha. So it says Kabet by both of them, the Torah, the Gemara, Masicha Kidushin says it's coming to be Mashveh, It's coming to, uh, in some way, yes, it's pasuk in Mishle it's pasuk in the Torah. But also the Gemara says, you see, Kibud is almost paramount to that's what the Gemara is probably along those lines over here but for our purposes aside from the philosophical matters and understandings over here technically speaking says the Gemara I can't understand your proof your proof is Sekilah is more Hamur from serifa. how do you know that because Sekilah is given to those wrongful activities of Miggadif of Oved Abudah but wait a second we give Serefa above Sikilah to a person who's Mechalele Tavia answers the Gemara it must be that the Hachamim who disagree with Rabbi Shimon in our Mishnah, their opinion, as Nathan said to us a moment ago, is Nisua Yose Srefa Velo Arusa. Their opinion must be the following. Although the Torah says, a woman who's a Kohen and she is promiscuous she gets serifa. our assumption was she's an arusam that was our assumption arusam meaning she's engaged she's not married says the Gemara perhaps that's a reference only for the hachamim to a woman who's married already if she was a bat Kohen and she's only engaged the halacha would be sekilah just like a bat Israel. why so? that's the most hamur that's the most severe it's when she's married married, that will compare her to her Yisrael counterpart, what would a Yisrael, male or female, who are wrongful in, in sexual activity get? Chenech, that everybody's agreeing, is lower on our totem pole of, of, uh, of, of, of humrot when it comes to uh, the severities of, of mitot betim. Well, that being the case, again, just to align this properly for you, it goes like this. The hachamim will tell you, when I look at a bat kohen, it goes like this. If she's engaged, sekila. Just like Bat Yisrael. When she's married, more severe than Bat Yisrael. Wait a second, what does Bat Yisrael get? Hanuk, strangulation. Well, that already in our list, that's lower down on the list. And what does the Bat Kohen, who's getting more severe, get? Serefa, she gets higher than that. So the Gemma. Are we trying to bring down, in our eyes, what's the what come over for Versus the We are trying to determine twofold. No, no, it has to. I can't tell you per se that it's because of the torture and suffering. What to but what I can't... Because I don't, they're not going to try to prove that to you. It's hard to, hard to quantify that. What they will try to do is twofold. that's what they're doing. Number one, to prove it just from comparison to other sins to other activities and number two to try to understand well what's the nature it's connected to the first nature of those activities which in turn merits or warrants that sort of punishment it's not it's not in turn saying that that's the most suffering most torture it's that that's how the Torah is determining this punishment for me for one reason or another maybe it is maybe it's because it's more torture and suffering I can't tell you I'm, I'm you know maybe it's just so, in terms so of only when she's married. When she's engaged, just like a Bat israel who's engaged, gets the highest of severity, Sekila, so to a Bat kohen, we're not demoting her. When she's married, and she's, and she's wrong wrongful activity, in that circumstance, she gets Serefa, a Bat israel gets Henek, which is lower. And that's, that's the reference in the, the Torah. And that's the reference the point in the Torah. So the Gemara will tell us about this later on on the page, and you have to take yourself out of contemporary society and bring yourself back to a long time ago. but maybe we could still appreciate and understand that. The understanding is that when a person is Mizana, a person has wrongful, you know, is, is not allegiant, uh, they're certainly betraying God. The question is, are they betraying their family as well? Is it a pigamish mishpacha? So it certainly is under all circumstances. Oh, yes, yes. Once upon a time, an engagement when we assume the woman's more of a virgin in terms of her being, she's more, she's more committed, still so, so connected to her family. She's less already quote unquote blemished. There's more of a pigam for the family than when she's married. That's, that's that's the, I mean, the Gemara will almost explicitly spell it out. Rashi will explicitly spell us, that, that out for us later on. Well, anyway, that being the case, that's what the Gemara pauses that, and the Gemara has these hard to understand last lines, uh, which Rashi and others of uh, uh, believe should be taken up, but we'll read them nonetheless and understand them very briefly. Says the Gemara, and for the fact that arusa gets sekila the engaged woman got sekila as opposed to the married one who's getting serefa, and as I just said to Ebi, we know the severity goes up in marriage. ma'amina, we can derive Sikila hamura, we can derive that Sikila on that earlier stage, which is the more severe, more delicate stage, is more hamura. Now that's a difficult sell over there. Rashi says it's circular, he doesn't use those words, but it's circular. You just argued, by way of being challenged, hachamim, we challenged you. You told the sikilah is the most hamur. What was your proof? The fact that Megadef and Ovedavodah said, we challenged it and we said, but what about Bat Cohen? She got serifah as opposed to Sikila?" By way of being challenged, you argued, no, 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 that's only talking about when she's nisua Is it explicit in the text? is that a proof or was that a defense? That was a defense. There was no proof. You can't now spin that as Rashi as a proof to say, oh, and now that I defended myself and I told you that the Nisua gets serefa and the arusa gets sikila. Clearly, sikila is more hamur. That's a hard sell in that respect. That's what we're saying only now. The whole time we've been saying sikila is more hamur from serefa. You forced me to distinguish between arusa and Nisua because you pointed to the pesukim, which don't accord with what I was saying don't now once you defended yourself, you pushed me against the wall I got an excuse I said yes yeah, see my excuse is the proof to. My no the proof is what you had earlier that's where we should end Rashi therefore says okay so these words maybe should be taken out Ramban as has, 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 has do many Rishonim Ramban uh, alternatively tries to defend them but for our purposes, at this juncture in the Gemara, what the Hachamim have done is to prove effectively, at least in their eyes, that's, of course, will disagree, Sekilah is more Hamur from Serefa. Why is it more Hamur than Serefa? Because Sekilah is given to Poshet Yad Ba'ikar Megadev Te'oved Amodah That's what Sekilah is warranted for, as opposed to, yes, Serefa is second in line, But an arusa gets sekila and a nisua would get uh, hen, would, 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 would get Henek or a Bat Kohen would get Serefa. Says the Gemara onward. Next stage. Uh, what about uh, Sikila versus Saif? So we know Sikila, Serefa, and then we call it Herig in the Mishnah, but the Hachamim very often refer to it as Saif. Saif refers to a, a knife. Just, herig refers to beheading the individual. So we refer to it as Saif, generally speaking, in the Lashon of the Gemara. How do you know that? So I know Sikila versus Serefa. Sikila trumps it. It's more, it's more severe. How do you know that Sikila versus Saif? Sekila is maybe Saif is at the top of the list. Sekila Hamura Misaif. Same answer. I'll tell you how I know. We've been through this. Sikilah is the most severe because you give it to the most severe activities. What are those activities? the cursor of God. What are those activities? That's it. I can counter that. This type of thing is going to go on a lot. I can count Ad I can make the opposite claim. Saif Hamur. I can make the claim that beheading, that heireg, is more severe. Remember our Anshe'irhanidahat? Irhanidahat is that city, the Torah in Sefidevarim describes it to us, where they all, or the majority of which, are Oved, Avodah, What's their punishment? Twofold punishment. Number one, they get saif. They get, they get beheaded. Number two, et kol All of their possessions get burnt we're t- treating them very severely and keep in mind what did they do? Avod can you find a circumstance which is more severe than an entire city or Avod and what are we doing to them? Of course it can be Sikila no not Sikila it's Saif clearly Saif is more of it Humrat can you really prove that that's more severe? I mean are we talking quantitatively? Are you telling me one guy is Avod less severe than an entire city? Okay maybe in terms of Hilul Hashem but uh, who said? I'll tell you the Humrat she can Mamunam Aved if you look at, compare one guy who's Ovedav Dazara to an entire city who's Ovedav Dazara. The one guy who's Ovedav Dazara, his family still enjoys his possessions. We didn't burn them, we didn't get rid of them. When it's the entire city, we burn the possessions. Clearly, that's the, the some more severe circumstance. And what's the punishment? Saif. Answer, say, what's up, Robin? Oh, says the Gemara, I'll answer this for you, amarta, eze koach koach madiach, or koach He koach madiach ir period, says the Gemara I can counter this, I can counter this because I'll tell you the following, it's a fact, it's a facet that you may have not been aware of, and that is, what about not only those who were oved Abu in the ir but those who inspired them to it, which means to say the Beit Din does their investigation, and they determine there were one or two people who brought Brought all these people to that wrongful act, <laughs> brought <laughs> them to, hotel <laughs> <to, it's> called, <laughs> <laughs> what's their punishment? Sekilah, <laughs> that's what we call <laughs> those who push them into being a <laughs> situation. What's that? <laughs> ones who, the ones who brought them to it, who were both <laughs> sinning, they get sekila. <laughs> so it means, what's that? That's a beraitah, the Gemara later on. We quoted it from a Dahat, which means to say, if I'm now going to accept that Irhani is more Hamur? Okay, that's an interesting statement. But what about those who inspired the They get Sekilat as opposed to those in Irhani but Wait a second. Then how come the Anche Irhani are getting just Saif? Why don't they get Sekilat as well? You're telling me it's the more severe? You're leaving one part of the logic open. Says Tosafot, I'll tell you there's a combination of sorts. The truth is we could have given them Sekilat quote unquote. The Torah could have. Instead we gave them a combination. Instead of seeing the burning of their possession as proving that this is the severe circumstance, see it as the complement to the uh, saif which is being given to them. In other words, they're being punished with one lower level or two lower levels of punishment. They're getting saifed. But we're coupling it with burning all their possessions. That's what, so to speak, brought them up to Sikila, right? The person who was Madi ani Tahad, we're giving him both Sekilah and burning his possessions. And Oved Abu Dazarah is getting Sekilah. What our Gemara has done for us thus far is to prove Sekilah is more Hamur from Serefa. Sekilah is more Hamur than Saif Baruch Adamani Amen, Vaman. Yes.